systems initiated. You are listening to the Empire Podcast Network. This is Jacob Young. Many of you have followed my career on television and in movies for the past 20 years. As Jacob Young, the actor, the characters I've played have had mountains of problems to overcome. Let's face it, nobody's life is perfect. And in real life, I've also had my fair share of challenges to face. This podcast series sponsored by Boys Town is a place to hear some of my famous friends talk about the issues that they've had to face and how they've jumped over those hurdles on a pathway to a healthy mental health. It's time to keep it real. With Real Conversations with Jacob Young. This is Jacob Young. My guest this week is an entertainer. I've known this guest for quite some time. And at an age when most kids are skateboarding, they're doing their homework, playing video games, my guest was living in a tea cart. No, no, I'm serious. He's Broadway's longest-running chip in Disney's Beauty and the Beast. He's also worked on Broadway and in Las Vegas with icons like Tom Selleck, Carol Burnett, Liza Minnelli. These days, he's a much-sought-after crooner. With a new show for live audiences and a brand new album to discuss, my guest this week is a king among entertainers, Nicholas King. You know what time it is. It's time to keep it real on Real Conversations with Jacob Young, sponsored by Boys Town. Nicholas, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Boy, that is some introduction. Hey, you know, I mean, you've got a long list of credits. I have to roll through all those things. <laughs> it's, it's nice to talk to you today, my friend. Yeah, nice to talk to you, too. You literally grew up on Broadway. What was it like to do a Broadway show, which is a full-time job in itself, and go to school at the same time? I didn't really care much for the school part. I mean, I loved, I loved going to work, you know, I mean, eight shows a week. Come on. It's, it's a, it's a joy when you, when you really love it. You know, uh, I will say I had a very strict mother who made sure that no matter what was going on, I had all the homework done and this and that, and my, you know, everything had to be studied and, you know, finished. And if it wasn't, you know, uh, she would take it out on me. We weren't allowed to go to Ellen Stardust Diner for a milkshake. But if I did, then she would take me out for a milkshake afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so she she sort of, you know, tempted me with food there. But um, no, I, I it was an interesting balance, you know, but uh, I just, I love the work. And that to me was, was the most exciting part. Well, speaking of your family, I mean, I know they're a very supportive family and there's, they've always been rooting for your success. How was that? foundation, that support system from your family, how has it shaped you as an adult? Well, I think, you know, I, I have basically everybody in my family is a musician or musically inclined in some way. And uh, either some of them do it, you know, for, for a living, some do it just for a hobby. Uh, you know, so just about everybody either plays an instrument or you know, sings or something. The only two people in my whole family that don't do it would be my mother and father. 
And I have to say, I, I think I really value that because, you know, it, I can I can see how it would be very easy to get swept up in the ideal of, of show business, you know, as what it is. But my parents, because I call them civilians, <laughs> <'cause> they're <not laughs> civilians because they're just average civilians. I think they gave me a different perspective that, you know, uh, all the eggs sh- shouldn't be in one basket. And if show business wasn't the thing, then you do something else. And if I ever came up to them and said, you know, I think I want to wash windows tomorrow, they'll say, wonderful, what time do you start? You know, uh-huh. so I, I, I really always appreciated that, um, that, that balance, you know, to, to show me that, yeah, you can go out and have fun and, and never lose the, the joy of, of having fun with, with your craft. Don't get focused on, you know, not getting a role or the, or the climbing the fame ladder, but really enjoy it, you know? And uh, so I think having that perspective growing up just really, you know, made me put, put things in, in a balanced perspective as an adult. That's great. That's great advice for any aspiring actors out there uh, or musicians or anybody that's jumping into this crazy industry that we are in. Um, yeah. You know, enjoy it. If, the, if, if you stop enjoying it, then you know it's gonna it's gonna not be what you expected. Absolutely, and I saw so many you know uh, showbiz kids growing up that were so focused on on the prize at the end, which would be a Tony Award or a, or that commercial, or did I book that show? And you know, and the climbing the fame ladder that you know they were either they they were unhappy or they're not in show business anymore. <laughs> you know, and I think that that's a real problem. You know, that that we have you know among some you know young up and comers that there's two they're very focused on the fame factor and not as focused on honing their craft and, and just being really good at their job, you know? And I think that that's something that I've always tried to keep in mind that, you know, Hey, if you don't book that commercial, you don't book that thing. So what, you know, if, did you have fun? Are you, are you, are you studying? Are you a good student? You know, are you, are you doing the work? Are you putting the work in? Are you enjoying it? You know, cause I really think that at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, no. And it, it shows, I mean, you, you, every time I watch you, you just, you're amazing. You're such you just dazzle. You dazzle these songs, man. It's I, I just absolutely, I get such a kick out of watching you sing. Um, now, Tom Selleck discovered you on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Yeah. When you were, yeah. you were just like a little boy telling Jay about your appreciation of Liza Minnelli. And you've always been a very strong, unique individual. Where did you get that inner courage to be who you are without you know, feeling like you had to fit into that mold or to be exactly like everybody else? Well, I always got along well with adults. That was just, you know, rule number one. So I never felt uncomfortable. Um, I have to say uh, between Tom and people like Jay, you know, they, they made me feel very comfortable, you know, and I think because I had such a love of the craft at that age, I mean, I remember, you know, uh, going to Colony Records in the city, in New York City, and, and you know, going through records and coming home with a CD collection, you know, uh, I'd have, you know, my cousins or friends would come into the city, they'd want to go to Dave and Buster's, I'd want to go to the Colony Records store, <laughs> you know, so because I had such a passion for, for that, for the craft, I think, you know, I, I think it, it made an impression on the adults that I worked with, and as a result, I, I always felt that they always treated me like an equal, like a, like a, like a peer, you know, people like Andrea McArdle when we did Beauty and the Beast and people like Tom Selleck and, and Jay, I mean, they, they never treated me as the kid, you know, they always treated me as an adult, uh, you know, or as, as a peer really. And because of that, I think it, you know, I always felt comfortable with them, you know. Well, you're an old soul. Yeah. Yeah. You are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm probably the oldest man I know. I think, uh, you know, inwardly, I mean, outwardly, I'm still in my twenties, but you know, inwardly I'm about 97, I think. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a fan of 
you know, all these old school performers like Liza Minnelli, Bobby Darin. Um, yeah. In today's world of TikTok, most kids, they're not really interested in stars of the past. I mean, they could watch these guys, these iconic stars on YouTube if they wanted to. What yeah. could kids learn from taking the time to watch some of these legendary entertainers? Well, these are people that really, again, they worked hard at their craft. You know, they, I think we live in, you know, the age of the 15 minutes of fame where, you know, you have 30 seconds on American Idol to, to wow the judges and you got to belt and scream and do all this stuff. And you have your, you know, 15 second clips there on TikTok and you got to make sure it makes an impression. And there's very little time to hone something. You know, you're doing something for a gimmick and fine, that's the way the world is you know, at the moment. But I think that, you know, you lose something by not studying the people that that did, you know were good at their jobs people like bobby darren and and uh, connie francis and liza and judy and sinatra and these people who you know devoted their entire life to it you know they were all actors they were all singers they were dedicated to their craft and they put in the miles you know and when you watch i mean my favorite performer of all time is sammy davis jr ah, the and best. You, know, you, you put him up on youtube and you will just go down a rabbit hole for, for days, you could watch Sammy clips. Oh, and constantly I, wowed. You know what? What I you know, speaking of a rabbit hole, finding Sammy Davis Jr. I started. I, I went down that rabbit hole, and I couldn't believe like he was like seven, eight years old, and like dancing, oh, singing in yeah. in films. Oh yeah, well, I'm even younger. I mean, Michael Jackson said that he he stole some of his iconic dance moves from Sammy when Sammy was a kid, you know, because yeah. Sammy just had this this smoothness, you know. Sammy did things that no one else really was doing at that time. You know, nowadays everyone's got a TV show, a cookbook, an album, a this or that, you know. But at that time in in the 50s and 60s, no one did. No one was a jack of all trades and especially for a man of color. No one nobody did that. So Sammy really busted down all those doors, you know, and I remember when I was about eight or nine is when I sort of discovered <laughs> Sammy and I just went nuts. You know, I just went, you know, we, I didn't have YouTube yet. So I had to go to like the library and rent out DVD, you know, VHSs <laughs> and DVDs and, and CDs, you know, but I, just, I was always so interested in that. And I think that, uh, you know, it, our, our new generation would really, really benefit themselves by looking into these luminaries of the past. Really. Yeah, get out there guys and, and do some research. You know, you know, get off the TikTok, get off the social media. I mean, social media is great. We have to have it for our, our careers now. But get out there, do some research. You're gonna, you're gonna just fall in love with, you know, working again and 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 knowing where it all began. And speaking of legends, you and I both knew the one and only Jerry Lewis. Yeah. And, and you spent so many of your childhood Labor Days performing on the Jerry Lewis Muscular Dystrophy Telethon. What was it like to be a part of a show that lasted 20 hours, raised billions of dollars for Muscular Dystrophy Association? Well, it was, it was a blast. I mean, it was a blast on so many levels because, number one, you're helping a cause that is so, uh, you know, wonderful. I mean, really, that organization does so much good work for people with neuromuscular diseases. And, you know, to see the effects of it, you know, to see these kids join the association with with you know the illness and then to see them thrive and to see them survive and, and go past their life expectancy and to see them get the proper treatment i mean that alone was just a joy to witness every year but then on top of it it was just a party it was just mm -hmm. a hullabaloo and we all got to have so much fun <laughs> together you know seeing all those performers and those dancers and, and of course the comedians and, and of course jerry yeah. you know it was just one 
laugh after the other. And, you know, you got the sense we were this little family every year that we all got to hang out once a year for a week and just raise hell. And I just, uh, those are memories that I, I treasure, you know, always. How old are you when you first performed on the telethon? I was 12 and I was scared to death. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was scared to death, you know, because this is, this was no, uh, you know, small potatoes here. This, this is, you know, going out to, you know, 20 million people here. So it was, it was a little nerve wracking, but the more I did it, <laughs> the less, the less scared I got. And, you know, of course, Jerry always assembled the best people. So everyone always made me feel very, very comfortable. Well, you're, you're an, an entertainer that has grown into thriving to be in front of a live audience. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love a live audience. I mean, and I think that's one of the challenges that we all face this year is that, you know, I, I've not been not in front of a live audience since I was like, you know, one. <laughs> so when, when you're faced with a year like 2020, what do you do? Yeah. How did you, how did you I, cope with that? Um, to be truthfully honest, uh, very difficult. I found it very, very difficult. Um, you know, when you, when I've, I've not, I've never been idle. You know, uh, since I've been, you know, paying taxes since I'm four and a half years old, that's how long I've been working. And to be able to, to not be able to do what you feel that you were born to do or feel something you've been doing forever is, is a real struggle. You know, you, you actually, it, it's more than just being out of work and being bored because when you've done this for, for so long, it's, it almost becomes your identity. And I, you know, truthfully, I, I had a little identity crisis this year because I had to figure out, well, gosh, you know, what am I, if I'm not, if not, if I'm not working then who am I? What am I doing? You know, and I, I had to find alternative ways to make music. I had to find, you know, myself in this virtual world, which is something I'm, is, I'm not used to. So I had to, you know, adapt to that, you know, and on top of it, I, I had to take some real steps to, you know, help my mental health. I, I, I started therapy, which has been an, a, a tremendous help for, for me, uh, you know, and I've just been working hard at, you know, trying to stay positive and to, you know, really tr try to, you know, redefine my identity and, and to, uh, to just find the joy because there's so much, there was so much negativity. And, you know, I think we all found ourselves in the, in the depths of it from time. I called it the Corona coaster because it was up and down, you know, every, every three days you found yourself in a different you know place, but to find the joy is a hard thing. But once you do, you, you know, you got to latch onto it. And I, I really tried to focus on the positive things that, that we did have. Actually, can I tell you what I, one little you know, yeah. funny thing I did this year. <laughs> I, uh, at the end of every week, I took out a piece of paper and I wrote down something really cool that, that happened like a highlight. And it could have been something like, you know, Oh, I've caught up with a friend that I haven't talked to in years or, Oh, I learned how to work zoom or I learned how to do this or I went on a road trip or I sang here or I learned this song, whatever it was, that was a highlight for me. And then I closed up the paper and I put it in this little box. I called it my little box of blessings. And at the end of the year, uh, I opened up the box and I read back everything that I, that I did, you know, and I was really surprised at how many wonderful things 2020 gave me, you know, cause I thought, Oh God, it took everything away from us, but it was a nice reminder of the things that 2020 gave to me. And, uh, it was, it was something that again, it, it kept the joy alive in a time when it's been hard to come by. Yeah. And well, first off, you know, congratulations on being open about going to therapy. Look, we're all, Oh, I love it. Perfectly imperfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all need a little yeah. bit of guidance. Second of all, Boys Town, who's my sponsor, they do something called the Praise Box, um, which is really great for kids specifically, you know, because we focus as parents so much on 
what you know what are they not doing right and we we often forget to say or write down mm-hmm. the good things that they've done um, absolutely and that's awesome that you were doing that i like and, and it's a blessing box that's awesome yeah well, I mean, because, you know, you, you had to. And, and when I when I looked, because what's the what's the alternative? You know, we're going to sit around and stare at the wall and twiddle our thumbs and be bitter at everything. I mean, you could do that. <laughs> That's one way of going about it. But, you know, I, like I said, I've, I've never been idle, you know, my entire life. So I, I had to do to do something. And I found myself doing things I've never done before last year. Like uh, I took a, an online course for psychology because it's been something I've always been interested in uh, from Yale. And then I, I took wow. a... a, a a, a really fun uh, masterclass with the New York Voices, one of my favorite jazz vocal groups, you know, uh, virtually, of course. Uh, I, I went on a couple road trips uh, and I made a record, you know, so I, it was a really full, full year when you stop and think about it because, you know, knee jerk reaction, oh, 2020 was the worst year in history. But actually, I learned so much uh, about myself. I think it was it was a huge introspective year and it helped me address things that I think needed to be addressed emotionally, mentally. And uh, I'm still working through it. I'm, I have a long way to go, but I think 2020 was a real kickstart for me to get some of my priorities in order. Yeah, no, absolutely. And before we jump into the album, I just wanted to ask you, since we're finally able to start maybe going to these live shows and performing in your case, tell our listeners what you got scheduled so far. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to actually have a summer calendar. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be working quite quite a bit uh, this summer. We hope, you know, of course, barring if anything doesn't get canceled or, or postponed. But uh, from Florida to Wisconsin at the Oshkosh Jazz Festival to Provincetown to New York, I just booked my first dates back in New York in a year and a half at the beautiful Green Room 42. I'm doing four nights there. Nice. Uh, and uh, you know, just just trying to to stay, you know, as busy as I can. And also to remember that if I'm not as busy as, as I'd like to be, then that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's great advice. Now tell us about your new album, Act One, and how that became about. Well, you know, I, like everybody else, I had so much downtime uh, at, the, at the beginning of, of, of uh, the, the quarantine here. And uh, I was staying with my parents for a you know, brief time back home in, in Rhode Island, and I was going through some old boxes and scrapbooks and you know, things in my old room and uh, I came across all these old recordings and old pictures and stuff from, from growing up and all this stuff that I really forgot that I had done. And I got the little idea, well, you know, I think I have got a very full summer schedule here uh, in 2020. Let me make a little compilation album that I can sell at concerts. Well, the concerts didn't happen, but the album did. <laughs> and uh, it was really nice. you know. So, so the album sort of snowballed. And what started off as this little compilation disc that I could sell at gigs turned into a full-fledged record, and I was able to uh, get Liza Minnelli on, on the album. I uh, was able to thrill to get Tom's approval to use a, a clip of he and I when we were on Broadway when, uh, you know, back in the day, which makes Tom's singing debut on this record. Oh. Uh, I was also thrilled to get you know some new recordings with uh, and duets with people like Norm Lewis and Jane Monheit, who I just adore so, so much, and... Uh, it, it was. It's really fun, you know. It's it's like a, it's a look back at the last twenty five years of of my career. So the first recording takes place when I'm about four and a half, and the last recording was done in September of twenty twenty, and uh, it's just a nice little retrospective. And well, because because we can't have we didn't have release parties for COVID, you did a virtual release party, right? 
I did. Yeah. And that's thanks to my fabulous record label, Club 44 Records out of, out of Nashville. You know, they wanted to do something at Birdland uh, in, in New York City, but we got the big thumbs down there because they didn't know what was happening there. So uh, we, they decided, well, what else can we do? And they said, well, what about if we do a, you know, a virtual you know, like a release party with, with, you know, interviews and performances and some, you know, little shout outs from people I've worked with over the years. And, and, uh, they did, they put that beautiful thing together and it, it's li- it's living up on YouTube now. So if anyone wants to check it out, yeah, check it out. It's, it's up, up there up right there. now. Yeah. Where can fans p- pick up your album? Everywhere. <laughs> anywhere and everywhere. I always love saying it. Anywhere and Wherever. everywhere they sell or, you know, you can download music, right? Yep. It's all the places. Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, iTunes, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, all those all those lovely places that, that people get it. Nice. Make sure you go check yeah. it out. Now, I always ask everybody this question. Um, and you know the song, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother, right? Yeah. Well, that's Boys Town's motto. And meaning... At some point in all of our lives, somebody's carried us. Who carried you? Oh man, I think um, I've been carried by a lot of people. I, I don't. I don't know that I've that I've had one person. I, I I don't think I can give one person all the credit. Between my my parents, uh, for sure, for for giving me you know a good balanced perspective and and being you know an emotional rock for me. Uh, my grandmother, Angela Bacari, fabulous singer, vocalist, uh, entertainer. And just an all-around warm Italian sweetheart, you know, uh, and uh, you know people like Liza, you know, Manelli, who took me under her wing as 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 a uh, you know as like a mentor, really, and not just in show business, but just in life, you know, uh, just someone who taught me the the value of survival, taught me the value of positivity and positive thinking, um, and taught me the value of being a decent human, you know. Uh, and and Mike Renzi, my fabulous collaborator, Mike Renzi, and he's carried me musically, you know. Uh, 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 just in, in ways just beyond. So I'm, I have to say, I, I can't, I can't say one person. I have to say it, it's, it's been a village of people that have helped me and carried me and taught me so many things over the years. You know, it takes a village, man. It does. Yeah. It does. It's not, it's, you know, this life, if it was, if it was easy, you know, um, I don't think we would enjoy the fruits that are available. You know, when we work hard for something and, uh, and recognize that there's people out there that are have your best interest in mind, and I think mm-hmm. we have to take it easy on ourselves sometimes, and uh, um, and allow that help to come in and give you that perspective and, li- and enlighten you and motivate you. Yeah, and I, I, I you know, was always told uh, to never be the smartest person in the room. Because if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. <laughs> Get out and surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and, and more talented and all this stuff. And they're the ones that, that are going to, you know, set you to new heights and inspire you, you know, and really help you. And uh, I have, I've always found that to, to be true. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the friends that I do have, you know, uh, in and out uh, of, of my profession, you know, that, that keep me happy and keep me positive and, and uh, keep me, keep me going. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, Thank you so much for joining me this week, first of all. Um, and I've listened to almost all the tracks on the album. It's like Vegas meets Broadway, but in a fresh new way. And I know it's going to be a big success. And anyone who's a fan of just great music performed by one of today's biggest talents, truly, guys, uh, you'll really enjoy this trip down memory lane. Um, when does Act 2 come out? <laughs> 
Well, yeah, that's a very good question. <laughs> we, we are actually working on uh, on a new record with Club 44 uh, Records and uh, very excited about that. We've got a, with a big band and strings and all that stuff. And, and they're a fabulous team down there of writers and arrangers. So it's been nice to go down to Nashville and to meet them and work with writers and get some creative juices flowing. You know, I feel like this is it's you know it's finally back up and back up and running so that's uh that hopefully will come out uh by the by the winter or early spring of of, of next year so but i don't know you know i i think i think what if last year taught me anything is that we just have no clue we are so uh, so many things are out of our control you know uh we can plan we can do all sorts of stuff but at the end of the day there's just some things that are just out of our control and if we can just enjoy the ride and find the joy and to cling to it I think that that's the only way that you're going to get through it because otherwise you just wind up being miserable and depressed that, you know, things aren't, aren't happening and moving and shaking. So, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm excited for, for, for this new record. I'm excited for, you know, the summer gigs, but you know, I, I'm open to whatever changes have, have to come, you know, uh, and, uh, we'll just, we'll roll with it. Nice. Well, Nicholas, you are an inspiration and I just want to thank you again for joining me on real conversations. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, thanks for thanks for having me. We've known each other a long time. Yes, we have. And I, every time <laughs> I our, see something you're doing, I'm so proud of you. So keep it up to our to our Beauty and the Beast days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all um, right, buddy. Well, listen. Thank you so much, and we'll be uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you, Jacob. Real Conversations is proud to announce our partnership with Lane Frost Brand. We'll be doing a monthly giveaway of a different item each and every month. So be sure to enter. All you have to do is follow at Real Conversations with Jacob on Instagram, tag two friends, and be sure to download the latest episode of my podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you check out all the amazing merchandise for the whole family at lanefrost.com. I'd now like to bring on the manager of the Boys Town National Hotline and our resident professional, Chris Hallstrom. How are you? Awesome. How are you doing? Very good. Very good. Good. You know, I just love Nicholas King, and I love him for so many reasons. One being, he's just, he's such a professional, and he's out there since he was a kid, and he's still hustling and still loves what he does to this very day. Well, and seems so together for having been in the the business for so long. Like he really seemed to have his head on his shoulders, and uh, very impressive. You're right; he's he sounds like a hard worker. And he's been impressing people like Barbara Streisand, and um, obviously Liza Minnelli, and Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, I know. I, he was mentioning those names, and it's like, wow. Well, he's worked with all these people because they right. they've seen him and wanted to work with him, so. As a kid, they're like, yeah. how do I work with this kid? <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's really special. He's been a dear friend for a long time. Some of the things that he's talking about in there, there was one thing that st- stood out. Don't put all your eggs into one basket. Yeah, you know, he talked about that with his um, family and, you know, going into the business Putting all your eggs in, in one basket, like, kind of shows some determination and motivation. Um, you've got some goals set for you, but it kind of doesn't always hurt to have some backup plans just in case. Because you never know. I mean, things can change. You know, um, I used to tell my kids, you know, uh, baseball skills, softball skills, volleyball skills are only going to last you so long in life. Um, 
be diverse, have some different interests and skills in different areas because you just never know when things could change. So, yeah, and 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 love those other skills, right? Yes, yeah. Don't be like, and don't think that just because you didn't make it in one area that you're a failure. Try other things, and and always try and um, just be expanding your knowledge and your experiences. That's that's a healthy mindset. I always said when I was a kid that I wanted to be a chef. I still cook to this day. I cook in the house. I, I, we might have talked about this. But if something ever went askew for me, you'd find me at some restaurant, you know, masquerading right. as a chef. <laughs> it's good to have different skills because right. you just never know. And different interests, too. If you're so um, focused on one thing and that kind of falls apart, um, you know, then you're, you're stuck looking at, at where your life's been, where you're going. It's very confusing. So, yeah, take on new experiences. That's yeah. great. Get out there and try it. You also said, you know, have fun. Enjoy the experience. Um, don't focus on the success of what you're doing or what the success might mean. Right. Well, and he was talking about, you know, the awards. Those are all great. But if you're not enjoying what you do or not improving yourselves, um, as you're moving along, it's like, okay, now I've reached this goal. I got this award. I'm, I'm there. I'm done. I don't need to continue to try. So um, it's just not a great way to, to go through life. Keep trying to improve yourself and be the best you that you can be. Yeah, not I love that. Everybody's going to win an Emmy. Um, yeah. You know, not everybody's going to be Miss America. Uh, but just be the best version of yourself, whatever that is. Yeah, so true. I I love I love that expression. Just be the best you. Be the best of whatever it is that you love doing. Um, and he also said, because it was a big question for me, um, you know, for him to get to where he was at such a young age and continues to have these friends. He said, identify your role models. Right. Well. <laughs> And it was interesting to hear who his role models were, Sammy Davis Jr. I mean, like, talk about raising the bar high there. But, um, you know, even in just in your daily life, it doesn't have to be somebody like that um, to be your role model, whether it's um, an aunt, an uncle, a parent, a grandparent, how they treat people. You know, watch the things that they do that make them successful and happy and good in their relationships and try and emulate that yourself. It's, sometimes it's the simple things. Oh, absolutely. Um, well, he is, he's a crooner. He loves old music. He's, he's definitely from another time, if not from another planet. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's not a tall guy in stature, I have to say, and, and he's never let that get in the way. Um, but his voice makes up for, you know, any, any height issues that he might have ever had with himself. We've talked about that before, him and I, and he's not, he's not, not afraid of that. In fact, I was going to throw in this Tom Selleck photo of him, but iMovie, when, you, when I edit it together, it doesn't put the whole frame of the photo in. You know, For listeners out there, I'm sure you've probably tried iMovie, or if you haven't, um, if you have a standard photo, it just won't fit the format because it's movie formatted, so it's widescreen. So... Um, it was either I, we see more of Nick and and no no Tom Selleck head because Tom Selleck is obviously a giant, <laughs> or it was it, it was Tom Selleck's head and Nick just barely head in frame. <laughs> but I said you were a head and shoulders above the rest, Nick. 
I didn't I didn't include that, but (laughs) but he said he's gone through a huge discovery this year of of himself, especially with the whole covid lockdown and, and being in New York. And of course, he's a live entertainer. And we've talked about that with other guests and what that did uh, for them psychologically and, and where they had to keep staying alive with their craft and their artistry uh, without going insane. Um, and he said he started to go yeah. to therapy, which he said that he absolutely loved. And I'd like to hear that. Yeah, well, and you just have to know when to reach out. Like when you've hit your max, I can't do this on my own. The people around me maybe either aren't being very helpful or they're starting to get tired of me coming to them with all my problems. Maybe I need to, to reach out and get some additional help. And that's, and that's a very strong thing to do. It sure is. And he took it a step further and he started giving himself a blessing box, which is how I... I loved that. I love that too. <laughs> that's how I ended up meeting everybody at Boys Town, if anybody doesn't know that story. Um, the reason why is when I, when, uh, they were doing, uh, a a push on giving praises to children instead of looking at the bad aspects as we do as parents, sometimes it feels like, Hey, you're not doing that right. You do this, clean this, bop, bop, bop. And we don't focus on all the good stuff that's happening in their lives. And I thought, what a coincidence that he put a blessing box for himself. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We always say that at Boys Town. Catch them being good. Um, you can you can change behavior um, almost better by catching and praising the positive behaviors rather than constantly criticizing and um, correcting the negative ones. So the fact that he used a did he refer to it as a blessing? He, box? Yeah, he refers he to box a blessing bo- or box of blessing. Yeah, um, that was yeah, that was perfect. Like talk about. It getting your own mind flipped to the positives rather than focusing all the negatives or how drugged down you are at the end of the week. What's something you learned or what's a blessing that, that you experienced and just can change your whole outlook. Probably something I personally need to do myself more often. Um, But that was, that was a really neat technique that he talked about. It was. And I spoke to him today because um, I was putting the edit together for the promo and he said he's, you know, he said something, and maybe he's just listening to the podcast. I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode, but he said something about self care, and that was really important to him through the lockdown. Yeah, and I think it was for everybody, and, and for some people, it was a little easier to do than others. I think there were a lot of people who um, had time on their hands and used COVID uh, uh, to as kind of an opportunity to take a break, relook at things take care of themselves. There were other people that like were having to work more and work harder. Uh, so it was a little harder for some of those folks to look at a lot of really great self-care options. So hopefully as we're starting to ease out of this, everybody um, can kind of continue down that path and, and look for ways to take care of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So important, you know, being down here in Atlanta right now working um, you know, and, and as the vaccinations have been, you know, more people have been vaccinated and, of course, you know, they're loosening up on all the restrictions. Then we get hit with this gas crisis down here in the southeast and talk about a mind warp. It's like, when is it going to ease up? And I just had to take a deep breath. I, <laughs> I had to take a deep breath and just go, all right, I can't find gas right now. I'm on E. What am I going to do? 
Don't panic, Jacob. I'm finally able to, yeah, I'm finally able to get out of the house and not have to wear a mask all the time. And now I can't go anywhere because I don't have any gas. So, yeah. It, it, was, it was very strange. It's a challenge. It is a challenge. Uh, it, it, you know, there's still pockets that are happening where it's just zeroed out at gas stations down in the southeast that I've seen. And uh, driving from Charleston to Atlanta to work, um, you know, that's a, that's a large distance to travel. It's about five and a half hours, really, uh, or four and a half to five and a half, depending. Uh, but there's a lot of gas stations that are out. So you just have to make a mental note like, okay, if I'm at a quarter of a tank, just yes. down from a full tank, I should just top off again. Yep. Just try to find a place, just keep topping off. Um, and so that's been my struggle lately. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, I, but, but it's, uh, it, you know, I guess if it's not these things in life that happen, I mean, what is life all there's about? There's always something. Yeah, yep, it's always, always something. Always going to be you something. Gotta be, that's part of the reason that you have to have good self-care so you're prepared for those things that come down the line. Otherwise, it's just like another thing. How am I going to handle one more stressor on top of everything else? So you got to take care of yourself. Or you can just drive around with garbage sacks full of gas that I saw people <laughs> doing. <laughs> and then you're garbage taking care of yourself. Laundry baskets. I saw some meme of somebody filling a laundry basket. So. They were filling up everything. I mean, right. it was 5 o'clock in the morning. I was coming through. And, you know, God bless this man. He was filling his truck, and he had six gas cans, and he was putting them in the back of his truck, filling them up. Um, but at this particular gas station, there was only two pumps out of, like, 15 that were actually oh. had gas in it. So I was fortunate to get gas that day, but I was like, hey, hey man, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope that you have, you're using that for a really good reason. So. Yeah. Like filling up an ambulance or something like that, you know? <laughs> I doubt it. He probably, yeah. <laughs> he was probably, maybe he has a lot of tractors or something. There you go. And he's a farmer. I, that's what yeah. I'd like to think. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you, Chris. Well, thank you. I always enjoy talking. I feel like it's been a while, but. It has. It's been a little yeah. while. Um, and ditto, of course. Uh, that's about all the time we have for today, but Real Conversations with Jacob Young, the mental health podcast is sponsored by Boys Town. And at Boys Town, of course, their slogan is, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. And for over 100 years, Boys Town has been saving children and healing families. And they're always one call away, and they're always there to help. So please go to boystown.org for all the details on how you can access Boys Town's health services, or you can simply just go to yourlifeyourvoice.org. And if you're in crisis or need of immediate help, Please call the trained counselors at the Boys Town National Hotline at 800-448-3000, 800-448-3000, or text VOICE to 20121. Thanks for joining me on Real Conversations. I'm Jacob Young. Until next time, love yourself and love each other. <laughs>